Well, what's up, folks? It is Tuesday night here in a cold and dreary Tampa Bay. It is absolutely miserable outside, but it's okay because we're planning to get everybody fired up and warmed up. And let's not forget, just four years ago to this day, and if you guys can see it, right, we're celebrating our first Super Bowl championship. So today was the day that I was back home in Philadelphia. We're down the parkway having tons of fun down there, doing all the things that we love to do in Philly. It was a great day. I'll never forget it. And I hope that we get to see number two before my lifetime is over. So tonight, speaking of some good NFL talk, as we've heard all kinds of stuff going on. Kyler Murray wants out of Arizona. Lovey Smith, the new head coach for your Houston Texans. You got Dennis Allen, or sorry, Dennis Green over there from uh, from the Saints. He's part, he's the new head coach, and he's not anybody new to the head coach, or at least to the coaching staff. He's been around since 2015. So that MLB trying to get their act together in Orlando. And for that, we do have our good friend that we haven't spoken to since he was in Philly, now over at the Lone Star State. David Esser joins us tonight here live. So we plan on having as much fun as we possibly can. Chipper representing Steel City Renegades is with us tonight. Dylan and Fuji. So everybody hang on here into the other side as I move things around here a little bit. Uh, again, Tons of stuff to talk about. Hopefully the MLB season will kick in. And by the way, there's a little bit of rumor that maybe one James Harden could be coming to a city near you. And that being maybe possibly Philadelphia. So lots to get into. We thank you for tuning in tonight from overseas, from the 28 states here in the U.S. And now including Seattle, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. So thank you guys for all tuning in, watching the show tonight. I'm Angel. This is Broad Street South. And probably just a little bit colder than obviously it is down here, but he's never cold, never too old. It is the Godfather, Mike Fuji. Fuji, what's happening tonight? What is going on? Now, Angel, I'm going to ask you right to the point. <laughs> well, Tom Brady it came out on ESPN today, this morning, that he's talking about possibly. Maybe making a comeback. Now, is this true? We know you know your public, his publicist down there. You got your ear to the street in Tampa. Now, what's the deal? Well, he Will did. Will Tom Brady that... be back after a six day retirement or what? Well, he did. I'm putting say you on the gonna... spot tonight, my friend. <laughs> he did say that he was thinking about actually possibly coming back, but again, it all depends on how he feels, how everything goes. So it's not something that's definite. And they're a guarantee, but obviously as he walked away from the game just a week ago, so it hasn't been that long, it's like, again, you start getting the jitters and everything else wanting to come back. So I'm pretty sure if he wants to, he'll end up coming back. But the question will be, the more important question, will he be back in Tampa? That's the most important question. And I'll let you know that one a little bit later on because I got the digs on that one, but it's okay. As of right now, Trask is the one to be in charge and some other names as well. So, hey, we'll get into it. Don't worry. There'll be a lot of stuff they have to talk about. So that's right. I'm, I know you're excited about it, but hey, nah, Fuji, before big. we bring everybody on, not right? Big. Four years ago, it seems like forever, but just four short years ago. Mr. Kelsey, dressed up exactly. in the mummer's outfit. No one likes us. We don't, we're from Philly. Flipping Philly. No one likes us. We don't care. Exactly. But it's okay. Listen, I just hope we get there. A couple more years, maybe it'll happen all over again, but we shall see. But with that being said, of course, we are going to bring on our local Tampa correspondent who's been MIA but is back with us tonight. It is Dylan Spaulding. Dylan, how are you this evening? I'm doing great, guys. I got to get a few things off my chest. I haven't been here in a while. I've been, uh, I, I've been depressed. <laughs> Listen, I have been in done? hiding. I have been in hiding because of my Buccaneers losing this year. I have that is my Work. excuse of why I have been out these last couple mm. of weeks. Wow, Again, that's a long time to get over. <laughs> yes, I was over the Eagles in a couple days. I mean, you're well, wiping Brady, Brady's but, tears and all that. Listen, let me get a few things on my chest. So, listen, guys, it is Super Bowl week. I'm, <laughs> listen, guys, it is Super Bowl week. I'm very excited about that. Obviously, 
a lot of things going on with my Buccaneers. Got to say, my boy Cole Anthony, you will win the dunk contest, young fella, in the words of Kenny the Jet Smith. And uh, I think that's it. Oh, and one more thing I do want to say in on a serious note here. I am obviously, people, if they don't know, I am the broadcaster for the Tampa Bay Titans, which is a team in the basketball league. Please check out the league and our team. We are a great organization, very well-run league as well with the Magley ownership group who runs the entire league. But I uh, just want to say my condolences to our GM and as probably a lot of baseball fans know him as the MLB outfielder the uh great late unfortunately mr gerald williams did pass away today at the end of at the age of 55 excuse me uh unfortunately due to cancer so i do want to say my condolences out to his family and uh just definitely a very tragic obviously loss not only in the baseball community but here with the tampa bay titans organization so well god bless and condolences to the family uh it's never easy no matter how young or old you are it's never easy to lose a family member especially with everything that goes on with this world today so uh, God bless to the family, and hopefully everyone will be okay. Uh, as far as bringing on the Atlanta Braves representatives, also representing the Steel City mm. Renegades, it is the one and only Chipper. <laughs> Chipper, how are you? What is up, guys? It's Super Bowl week. Looking forward to a great game mm. this week. So unfortunately, there's nothing much to talk. This not much to talk about as far as baseball goes because they're still locked out, trying to get their heads together, trying to figure out what mm. the hell to do. And believe me, believe me, if there's anybody that knows what's going to go on with TV 12 is that man there, Angel Angel Martinez. Him and TV 12 talk <laughs> along the fence line. Yep. Angel is the man in the know. He's oh. right out back of his house right there in, in that <laughs> development. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Listen, I try. It's the only thing I can do is try and bring in the, the actual good news, unlike <laughs> the four-letter network that like to blow things out of proportion there. But it's all right. Mm-hmm. But tonight... We have not spoken to this gentleman since, again, his days in Philly. And I think his camera may have just frozen for a second time. So, nope. No, I see it moving. Okay. So, hailing originally from Philly, but now via the Lone Star State, it is our guest, David Esser. David, how are you? Fellas, what's going on? It is. It has been a minute. I see some new faces. I see a new setup. Uh, it's, it's very exciting to be back on the show tonight. How you doing, Dave? Welcome back. Appreciate you coming you on. Much. Listen, no problem. And and thank you for coming on with us again tonight. And uh, so I, I got to say, before I get into many more segments here tonight, number one is, first of all, how is it living in the Lone Star State after being in the big city of Philadelphia? Is there a delay in audio? Uh, cut out there for a second. I think you asked, how is it living in Texas compared to the East Coast? Yeah. Uh, it's way warmer. I'll say that for sure. Um, we, we got a little bit of ice the last couple of days, but we're back up into the high 60s. So definitely a lot more sunshine, a lot more warm weather, probably similar to what you have over in Tampa. So uh, definitely a fan of that. Yeah, that's the, that's a big one. Fuji, one day he'll understand it. Dave. It's just He doesn't get it right now, but he'll understand one of these days because there's that warm minus now, though. It's been cold down here in Tampa and it's it's unseasonably cold for this time of year. So not complaining too much, but we're tired of this icky rain and all this stuff that's going on out here. So hopefully the temperature will get cold. What is it, like 60 degrees? No, we today we we barely broke 50. Oh, so wow. forbid. Yeah, well, for down here, because you got to remember, you're surrounded by moisture all the time. So it it, it can get cold. Mm. As Dylan, it can get cold yes. because just just the constant moisture that's, that surrounds us all the time. But I will get to the comments. More importantly, before we start off the show, this first segment is brought to you by our new strategic partnership with Caesars Entertainment, the Super Draft Pro, Caesars Rewards, and it's also the future of sports fandom. So <clears throat> just to give you a little bit of info here, they have uh, exclusive fantasy games and sports betting experiences on Superdraft, the official fantasy partner of Caesar Entertainment. And basically what you guys can end up doing is you guys can go right on our website, broadstreetstyle.com, click on the very top where it says strategic partnership, and you guys can set up an account where you can play just like they do at FanDuel and over at the other one. But the good thing is for the future, right, for DraftKings, which, you know, again, free plugs for both of them there, but the good thing is with winning the money there between the super draft, you can also apply it towards prizes as well. So if you're not a gambler, as far as when it comes to money, you can apply your winnings over to other items as well. So check it out over 
at superdraftpro.com, which the link is right through the website. So click through our website, our new strategic partnerships. So thank you to Caesars Entertainment. Thank you to Dan Worley and, and Steve for talking to me as far as putting all this stuff together. So we appreciate Caesars Entertainment coming on as a strategic partnership with Broad Street South. So please check it out at broadstreetsouth.com. And with that being said, so Dave, we know that right now there is that lockout with MLB. Apparently he wanted a mediator in between there to, uh, I guess, appear down in Orlando. But unfortunately, uh, the players said they didn't want any kind of mediator, anybody interfering in between, that they actually wanted to have to talk themselves. Has anything else happened, which we know, I believe it's supposed to be either tomorrow or Friday, they're planning on talking all over again. Yeah, that's correct. And I think heading into the lockout, I was quietly optimistic that this would all get wrapped up, um, you know, before the start of spring training. I'm, I'm getting less optimistic. You're seeing a lot of uh, kind of faithless negotiating where it's a lot of, you know, one side saying they have a fair deal and they're not budging. The other side saying they have a fair deal and they're not budging. So I don't think they're particularly close based off some of the reports I've seen from uh, Rosenthal and Nightingale and some of the other guys who are more in the loop than myself. They don't seem terribly optimistic. Um, so I definitely think there's a chance of spring training getting pushed back. God forbid they, they push back opening day. I currently have plans to actually go to Houston for Phillies Astros because they open up down in Houston. Um, so I would, I would appreciate it if they don't push that game back too far. But um, definitely less optimistic compared to where I was a couple of months ago. Yeah, and the same way too. And by the way, Joey B, just to let you know, Dave, he has comments that come in here fast and furious. So if uh, if if one's We're all laughing at you, yeah, yeah, Joey B in the house. Joey B has some great just. Oh uh, man, so he, he's got some good ones. So don't think that anybody's laughing at you because he he just he comes in fast and furious. The only thing that I, I don't want to see, as you talked about here, to mention as far as the pushback, because we're only a week away, just about for the season to kick. I know some of the players are in Florida. Some players have gone to Arizona as well to try and do their own little private workouts. But we've seen for the last two years, obviously COVID interrupted both seasons. The start of one, obviously, later on, then the start stoppage of another one. So I'm hoping because I personally, along with Dylan, would love to see our Phillies down here in Clearwater to get things underway. But it seems like it's coming down to money and still comes down to money. So how much of a difference, Dave, do you know of from Major League Baseball between the players and these owners? What is the bigger sticking point other than the money that's been put out there on the table? Well, and that's the super frustrating part. I think some of the key issues, like Universal DH, for example, like everyone's on board with that. They, they Both sides want the Universal DH. I would, I would right. slot yep. that in as something that's going to happen. Um, yep. There's been conflicting arguments about service time. The MLPA, the, the Players Association, they want the service time shortened so there's less manipulation so that players can hit free agency younger, which is something that the owners are pushing back on pretty hard again. So outside of the money, I'd say that's the biggest sticking point. I don't think that's a battle the players are going to win this go around. I think some of these these lower market franchises or even the franchises who uh, just don't want to spend money in free agency, their big selling point is having these rookies locked up for years and years and years. So the last thing they want to do is, is give guys an opportunity to hit free agency in their prime. Because as we've seen, when a player hits free agency around 26, 27, like we're talking 200 plus million dollars at a minimum for, for some of the better players. So that, that that's a sticking point. And I don't think that's something the Players Association's, Association is going to win. I don't think so either. For me, from what, what I've been reading and being a baseball fan, the – Sticking points right now are the the arbitration years, you know, the money years that a player can be in the league, and then they hit arbitration, and then the free agency thing. So, for from a basic fans' point of view, that's that's basically meaningless. But when it comes to the actual payroll, though, I'm irritated as the, at the fact that it, it doesn't seem like the players' association is uh, wanting to go to a, agree on a uh, a salary floor. You know where the where teams have to spend a certain amount of money. I'm a huge proponent that teams like the Pirates, like now the Guardians, and other teams like that 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 have teams but are only spending 30, 40, 50 million dollars total on their payroll. 
even though they have these huge TV contracts, uh, network contracts, and whatever else, but yet they're not willing to spend the money. That's the part that, it, as a baseball fan, irritates the heck out of me. Um, you know, the arbitration, the free agency thing, that's between the players and all that stuff. But as a baseball fan, the money thing is what really irritates me that, again, going back to teams like the Pirates and the Guardians that have all, bring in all this money through TV, media, whatever else, only spend 30, 40, 50 million dollars on a total payroll. It's just absolute garbage. Dave, as far as the Phillies, I mean, since the lockout, you don't really hear what too much of anything going on. Um, you see them possibly spending some big money on a Chris Bryan or maybe another starter or definitely somebody in the bullpen? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be Mike, I'd be shocked if they didn't spend money, just kind of with, with where the team is at. They need another big bat. Right before the lockout commenced, um, there was a lot of smoke about Kyle Schwarber. My guess is he's still number one on their priority list. He he, fi he fills a need out in left field. He's a big uh, left-handed bat, so he complements Bryce Harper a little bit better. Um, he can hit uh, he can hit leadoff. He can hit cleanup. So I think he's target number one. If that falls right. through, turn towards Castellanos. Turn turn towards Chris Bryant. Personally, Chris Bryant's my favorite of of, of the right. free agent class. And then after that, you start looking at filling out the bullpen a little bit more. They, they did get a. Kniebel, which helps their closer situation, but they probably need another two arms. They likely need another veteran starter because they don't know uh, what Eflin's health situation is going to look like for opening day, whatever that is. Um, I think the only other thing that to potentially consider is, is if Schwarber signs elsewhere and if Brian and Cassiano sign elsewhere, like Carlos Correa is still out there. And I don't yeah. know if you guys saw, he just switched agents. He's a Boras guy now, which mm -hmm. Philadelphia and Boras, they're on, they're on good terms. Um, right. So I just I just chucked that out there that they could easily pit it towards a shortstop because there's still a few good ones out there. And shortstop is, is by no means a, uh, you know, position sharpied into the lineup right now. Can you see the Phillies? I mean, as far as center field, that's another big issue. It seems to be, I mean, as far as going out and trying to get somebody to play center field especially. Yeah, I think center field is going to have to be a trade. Um, all the good center fielders in free agency got got scooped up pretty quickly. The Mets right. signed two of them in Tanha and uh, Starling Marte. So I think that's going to have to be a trade. Kevin Kiermaier, Manuel Margot, those are the two names uh, I've seen chucked out the most out there in Tampa Bay. And they're pretty good about offloading veterans for prospects if the Phillies want to go in that direction. Hey, David. Oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead, go ahead Dylan. Hey, David, I got a question real quick. So obviously one of the big things I've been listening and especially today as well, I was listening to a little bit of like a YouTube conversation on hot stove and they were talking about the expanded playoffs. And I think that's one of going to be one of the key interesting things to watch out throughout this entire CBA agreement is with expanded playoffs. And I, I'm a big fan of expanded playoffs because if you think about it on the table, only eight markets are really getting featured right now in the playoffs. If you exclude the you know road team in the wild card game, really only eight markets, possibly up to ten if depending on if the road teams win their playoff games in the wild card, actually make it to you know the postseason. What do you think is how important is that fourteen game or fourteen team or whatever it may up ending up being? How important is an expanded playoff to baseball when it comes to the markets and really the success of maybe a smaller lower team market, especially in the game of baseball? Yeah, I think the expanded the playoff format is crucial. Um, I'm not sure why it hasn't been implemented yet. I thought when it when it appeared during the hang on, David may have frozen his feet. So let's wait for him to come back. As soon as you come back, Dylan, make sure you bring up the question again because he, I know originally when he had. We'll wait for him to kick back on. I know his, his camera was freezing up originally when he had come on with us, so maybe he'll he'll realize it and kick it off and then come back on. So we'll uh, we'll wait for him to come back on. But in the meantime, obviously, oh, here it comes. So let me make sure I bring him back up here. There you go, Dave. Oh, am I back? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Hey, cool, cool. Sorry about that. Yeah, a little bit of shaky, shaky hey. internet connection. Uh, expanded playoff format, Dylan. That's a really good question, and I, I very much agree with you. I think it's crucial. 
Um, you saw it during the one shortened season where they did implement the expanded playoff format. You, you had a team like the Marlins uh, going all in at the deadline where they were actively trying to win baseball games. They were willing to spend money. Um, so I think it'd be great for baseball. I, I know some fans don't like the idea of the playoffs being oversaturated with bad teams, but if it convinces teams like the Pirates, for example, like the Orioles, like the Marlins, to go spend money at the deadline, to try to acquire good players, to spend in free agency off the chance of sneaking into the playoffs. Once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. I think it would solve a lot of issues without having to implement a, uh, a cap floor. I want to bring up this question here by uh, Sean, where Sean says, uh, Dave, Atlanta Braves manager Brian Stinker is hopeful is a hopeful free agent. Uh, Sorry, Brian Singer is hopeful free agent. Sorry, first baseman Freddie Freeman will return to the club in 2022, but acknowledges his departure is a possibility. He told the Athletics, Jeff Schultz, "You think he goes over to the Yankees? That's uh, that's what he's hearing, or at least that's what he, I, I'm assuming not what he wants, but that's what he's hearing." Yeah, Sean, that's a really good question. If I had if I had to bet money, I'd, I'd lean towards him staying in Atlanta. He's been there his whole career. He, uh, you know, he just won a World Series. He's one of the best first basemen in baseball. His family's all there. It makes sense for him to stay in Atlanta. With that said, Atlanta is not known for spending money. In fact, their offers that they've sent Freddie's way have been on the smaller side before before the lockout commenced. So if he pulls out of the lockout and he's looking to cash out, coming off the the best season of his career, winning a World Series, arguably the best first baseman in baseball, and the Yankees roll up with with something crazy. Like, I don't know how, how you can say no to that. That's your one chance to cash out. So I think it ultimately comes down to his family, what he prioritizes, if he cares more about staying in Atlanta or if he cares more about chasing the big payday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if New York can swoop in, it, it, it fills their biggest need and then some. So I, I would definitely keep an eye on, on the Freddie to New York connection. Um, if I were Atlanta, I would have rushed to get this deal done right after the World Series. I think they made a mistake letting it go this long. And see, that's that's what that's what drive, that's what's driving me bonkers right now is the fact they didn't they didn't get the deal done before the lockout. Um, obviously, being the Braves fan that I am, um, I'm hoping mm-hmm. that Freddie, Freddie Freddie stays with stays with Atlanta. Hopefully, that uh, Chipper taught him the way to be loyal to a team and not necessarily go for the for the cash. However, when, when the Yankees come calling, they offer you the kind of cash that they can offer you. Well. You do have to look at it. So I'm really hoping that uh, you know, Freddie Freddie learns from Chipper and you know decides to be loyal to a team and see what the team has done to for him all these years and not necessarily leave money on the table, but at least give some sort of discount and work something out. Most of the, the only ones that seem to be doing anything, Fuji, I'll give you here in, in a second, but. You look at, Dave, for example, the New York Mets seem to be doing what the Phillies said they were going to do a couple years ago, was to spend stupid money to to win. And that's what it seems like the Mets were doing prior to this lockout. How much more are the Mets willing to spend and willing to do to become the actual New York Yankees, I guess, would be west of the city? So to me, it seems like they're making this hard push that they want to win a World Series, but they want to win it now. Are the Mets done when they come back yeah, after a lockout? Absolutely. So are, are they are they done, or or what do you believe is what the what the Mets are going to do next? Um, I think they're going to spend more. <laughs> you know, they've shown no restraint up to this point. They signed Scherzer to a record-breaking contract. They threw a ton of money at Marte and Kanha. Um, they brought in some other pieces as well. Like I don't think they're done at all because they still need pitching. Getting Scherzer was great, but they lost Stroman and Syndergaard in the same offseason, and, and the rotation was already kind of an issue. Uh, so I think they're gonna, they're still gonna spend, which sounds crazy considering how high their payroll is. But you're right. Not only are they competing with New York, but they're competing with the Braves. I mean, the Braves just won a World Series, and the Mets want to be on top of that division. They want to be on that top of the division for several years. So I, they're feeling pressure from all different directions, from being in the same town as the Yankees, from the Braves being the World Series champions, from the Phillies having a little bit more star power in, in a Bryce Harper, in a Zach Wheeler. Um, so I definitely think they're uh, they're going to continue to spend once the lockout is uh, is complete. Hey, Dave, quick question. Um, 
I'm assuming that the, that the Mets still have Javier Baez and Francisco Lindor, and then they, they just signed Max Scherzer to a huge contract. How much more? How much more salary room does do the Mets have? Yeah. So so Baez, uh, he went to Detroit, so they did lose Baez, and okay. that's kind of where okay. they were able to justify a little bit of the spending. Okay. But with that said, I mean they they crushed the luxury tax. They are way over. So you're correct in the sense that they. They have no money left, but as long as Steve Cohen wants to spend, I mean, there's no there's no hard cap in baseball. He can just keep on going. Um, so if, if he's serious about adding more talent, uh, in theory, his I mean, his money is, is limitless. We're talking billions, so he could certainly just keep on adding talent as long as he wants. Right. Dave, Dave, just to shift gears a little bit, we are – Probably less than 48 hours away from the NBA trade deadline. Now, do you see – I know you used to cover the Sixers when you lived here in Philly, but actually see the Sixers going out making a deal? I mean, I know the Harden hard rumors are flying around. You know, do you see, like, the Sixers helping Joel Embiid, you know, down the stretch here? You know, as the Sixers are second or third in the Eastern Conference – as of right now, playing some great basketball. Yeah, Mike, it's a, it's a, it's a good point. Um, I think it's hard in her bust, and I think it's been hard in her bust since Daryl Morey first arrived in Philadelphia. I mean, we've seen a couple other kind of Ben Simmons-esque packages go out the door. You know, CJ McCollum was traded. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton was traded. Uh, the, you know, the Pacers offloaded some pieces. So you look around the league, it's like, who can they realistically trade for outside of James Harden? And we know Daryl Moore is obsessed with bringing Harden. Um, you know, in a perfect world, they get it done before Thursday. And Harden is on the basketball team moving forward. Great. They can push for a championship this year. If it doesn't happen, I don't think Maury's going to burn the asset of Ben Simmons. I think he's going to wait till the offseason and, and look to do a sign-and-trade for Harden. So it's a tough situation because, obviously – you want to see the Sixers capitalize on Embiid's greatness right now. Like he is ready to win a championship, but I think in the same breath, Daryl Morey is going to wait till the very last moment to try to swing this Harden deal. And if that's in the off season, you know, so be it. No, the, the irony, and I, I had to uh, mute the mic there for a second because again, Joey, me, I saw he's, he's a killer. Yeah. <laughs> so Dave, we, we just this comment here that he just brought up. We were just talking about it before you came on. And Fuji was just making fun of himself, saying he was going to be the new one, doing the uh, Caesar's commercial. So, Joey, toga. good lord, yeah, the, the, the guy's just on fire. He is just on fire. Uh, Rick says I'm going to need the NFL to extend the season to 12 months. Yeah, that well, that's why the USFL is coming around. So, know. and what's going on, Rick? Thanks for tuning in, Rick. Thanks for over there from the Southwest road. Airlines. We appreciate everything you do and flying the friendly skies. Um, Fuji and Atoga is a visual that I, I can't just get out of my head right now. Yeah, and that would like be like animal house, <laughs> right? That's all. That would just be horrendous. But switching kind of gears here, though, Dave. And by the way, uh, this next segment, as long as I bring this back up here, uh, if you're looking, Fuji, come uh, next season to travel out there to Texans land, who are you going to go with? Who else but Philly sports trips? That's right. If you guys go to phillysportstrips.com, take a look at the next trips that are coming up here. They're having actually a July outing, golf outing, for the first time ever with Philly Sports Trips. So check out phillysportstrips.com. They should be, hopefully, if everything goes well here, back down here in March for an Orlando Clearwater weekend. So let's hope the MLB season gets kicked off uh, as sooner, better than later, so we can see everybody who came down for the Eagles pep rally down here in Tampa, which is a takeover. Didn't work out the way exactly we wanted to, but we hope that everybody goes through down there at phillysportstrips.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at phillysportstrips. So uh, with that being said, we know that, then, and as I messaged you earlier today, we heard that Levy Smith was picked up by the Houston Texans, which he was already on the team last season. Now he gets picked up. Some of the people have stated uh, during the question and answer portion of it was the reason why if the Houston Texans did do so, did they do it because of Brian Flores? Apparently the Houston Texans organization said because he was the best available. Obviously they're not going to say because of Brian Flores because that's a, a touchy kind of subject right now. But Lovey Smith, Dave, and I, and I know, again, you're probably listening to it just as much as I was today. 
does it not seem that that's going to be a one and done with the Texans? Because I just don't believe that Lovey Smith is a future. And the other part of it too is it was kind of odd how he was saying that you already saw the rebuilding last year, almost like he was the head coach last season, which obviously wasn't the case. It was Nick, but it was just weird the way the whole press conference went. But I, to me, I believe it's only a one and done deal with Lovey Smith. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, they, I, I think this is a situation where they kind of botched the hiring process where they went through the candidates and they couldn't land whoever it was they wanted. I don't know. You know it could have been Doug Peterson. It could have been one of the, the bright offensive minds who, who, who took over as head coach this year. I know they were super interested in Josh McCown, which the league was kind of frowning upon because he has yet to coach in the NFL at all. He's just been a quarterback. He, he's granted, he's been a good backup. He's, he sounds like he's been a good mentor. But to promote him to, to head coach is a little bit bold. So I think this was a situation where they went through the hiring process. They didn't know who to hire. Then the Flores lawsuit appears. So now they don't want to touch that situation. So right. they kind of had their hands up and they said, screw it. Let's bring in Lovey. He's already here. Everybody likes him. He's been a head coach before. We're going to tank again next season and, and we'll try this whole uh, head coach hiring thing again next offseason. I think the other kind of irony to that as well is that I, I remember what Lovey Smith was in Chicago, and I guess maybe because it's been a while since I heard him talk, but I don't remember him having such a heavy Southern accent as he did today during that presser because I almost had to do a double take. Is that really Lovey Smith talking? Was there someone talking for him? So it was kind of surprising to hear how heavy his accent was. But I think, I mean, obviously he's going to say the right things. And it's kind of ironic where he said, as the former head coach said, you know, there's 32 jobs out there that he, you know, for you to be picked for as far as a head coach. And so he, he, it just, to me, it wasn't one of those pressers that you heard that a coach went up saying, like, I'm pretty sure the one from Doug Peterson will probably end up being a whole lot better when it comes down to it when they get ready to introduce him. But it wasn't convincing enough. It almost felt like, you know, yes, we're rebuilding. We're hoping the fan base will stay there. And if you listen to their local Houston radio, you can hear how frustrated the fans were, even like during the Indy Kalu show and then after uh, with Matt from one to three. But you can hear the frustration and the voices of everyone down there because it just seems like they, they kind of like threw in the towel. I'm like, all right, we'll just give Lovey a shot here. And the same way with the GM, it just the confidence level for me for the Texans is not where it was just a few, a few short years ago. So I don't. I don't know, and I don't understand a fallout, what's going to happen from there. Obviously, there was no mention whatsoever of Deshaun Watson, so I think that ship may have sailed. And now it comes down to, is he going to trade him? What's he planning on doing? Is he planning on cutting him? So there's a lot, other than just Lovey Smith being a head coach, there's a lot of disarray in Houston, and I would love to know how the actual players feel about this whole debacle, the way it went down, because it's just there's a lot of things that are going on for the Houston Texans that are just not, to me, not copacetic. I don't know if, if you got, again, the same mentality or not, but it, there's just there's a lot to be fixed down there in Houston. Yeah, and, and, and now they're wasting money. I mean, they're paying David Coley uh, and Lovey Smith this year to coach a football team while, while David Coley sits on a beach somewhere. So I, I don't know the long-term plan. Uh, you know, if they can trade Deshaun Watson and, and bring back a, a war chest of draft picks, you know, three first-rounders potentially, if not just two, like that sets them up in a better position. But after that, I mean, the O-line's bad, the quarterback's bad, the receivers are bad, the defense is bad. Like it, we're talking full-scale tear-it-down rebuild, and that's coming off back-to-back -back seasons where they were already bad in the first place. Yeah. I want to get back here to, uh, before we, we keep talking football here, but uh, Joey B, other than his shenanigans, but he said that uh, Dave, <laughs> thoughts on the Colorado Rockies here in Denver. Cellar dweller once again? Uh, yeah, Joey, unfortunately, I think so. <laughs> I think they're they're <laughs> trending towards a rebuild themselves. I mean, they traded Nolan Arenado last offseason. They, they're going to lose Trevor Story this offseason. Um, I mean, those are the two best players there for a while tough to be competitive losing you know that caliber of talent in back-to-back -back off seasons so so dave let's get right back in a little football here where the where does this 2022 off season go for the eagles any predictions any inside info yeah um you know the, the biggest conversation is going to be a quarterback i mean we've we've heard uh a lot of talk about Jalen Hurts potentially being the guy, I think, based on some of the reports I've read. I don't know if Howie Roseman is there, which sounds crazy considering 
you know, how, how aggressively he looked to move Carson Wentz to make room for Jalen Hurts. And by all accounts and measures, Jalen had a pretty good first year as a starting quarterback. They made the playoff. They won nine games. That was all all, all good and swell. With, with, with that said, Russell Wilson's likely to be traded. Aaron Rodgers is likely to be traded. We already talked about Deshaun Watson. Like, there is a market for some seriously good quarterback talent. There's multiple quarterbacks who are likely to be taken in the first round between Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell. Um, Howie Roseman's never been one to sit around and, and, and just be content at the quarterback position. So if he decides he wants to go aggressive and get one of those guys, the timeline for this Eagles team completely changes. You're then looking at a situation where they're trying to win as soon as possible with a veteran quarterback. If they decide to stick with Jalen Hurts, I think you'll see a more stereotypical conservative type rebuild where it's more about, okay, bring some talent in on the defense, continuing to pump bodies into the offensive line. Um, so it's just really kind of a wait and see type of thing because the team can go in two completely different directions based on what they do at quarterback. Well, if there's, if there's anybody yeah. that would know what how aggressive or what how he wants to do, it'd be it'd be Fuji. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's a story for another time. <laughs> Sean right. Kilrain says, uh, "Would would you like?" Would you guys like to see the two worst teams play for their first round pick rather than the lousy Pro Bowl that was on this past Sunday? Yes. Hey, that's not a bad idea. I would rather see two bad college football teams play than seeing the uh the the Pro Bowl. It was that was bad. That was that was awful. Yeah. What's the Pro Bowl? Well, <laughs> no, the Pro Bowl's been terrible for years. It's the flag football bowl. That's what it is. That's what it, a lot of the comments were the same exact thing. And, and some of it, so there was some frustration, I guess, from some of the players because, of course, this season was the first time in NFL history, obviously, the not in, well, in a while, should I say, the season not only ended in an odd week, but also the extra game added at the end of the season. So a lot of players were saying that they really, I mean, they attended a Pro Bowl because they were chosen to go there. But as far as playing the Pro Bowl, there wasn't much interest because their thing was they, they added additional week. They already got beat up as much as they did throughout the regular season. And so they were looking for just their, their time there to, you know, to get together with the fans and everything else and basically go home from there. If that's the case, and that's Sean, the question he had there, uh, which is a good question, but I, I heard that from somebody else too. I think it might have been one of my coworkers at work had thought about something like that as well. But my thing is that if it's going to come down to that, then why don't we – why bother having a Pro Bowl? Have your New York nominees in there. If the guys don't want to show up and play, I mean, I know they do, obviously, the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday have a couple of different events end up doing. Skills Challenge, um, the Walk of the Runway, and something else end up happening there as well. But if that's the case, then if instead of playing the actual Pro Bowl, then just make it a bunch of goofy events because if it's going to come down to the point where we're not tackling, we're not hitting, <clears throat> it's just nonsense – then why even bother having it? I mean, obviously Vegas loved it because not only did they have the Pro Bowl there that weekend, they also had the NHL All-Star game. So it was a great weekend overall for Vegas. So I talk about a money-making weekend. That was a bigger one that was there. So I, I'm just wondering what else could they possibly do? I'm going to take away yeah. Dave's camera there for a second because it yeah. looks like it froze. No, there it is. He's back. Get the lingerie leg out there. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, Put that out there. That'll, that'll, that'll wake up a lot of eyes. Well, that it would be. But, Dave, I'd love to get your take, though, as far as when a Pro Bowl. Is it, at this point, has it become just an absolute joke? Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, my, my job is to watch NFL, and I didn't watch it. <laughs> I, I don't love the idea of, like, the first, the number one overall pick battle because let's say you're the starting quarterback for one of those teams. Like, what is your incentive to win that game so that your, your team can draft your replacement? Um, with that said, I, I think the two ideas I would like to see with the Pro Bowl, if they're going to keep it around, is number one, make it mandatory. I think the Pro Bowl is a lot more fun if Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and all those guys are actually there competing. Or number two, just do the skills event, Angel, like you said, where it's, you know, do some do some fun little drills, see who can run the fastest, see who can throw the farthest, see who the, you know, the most accurate quarterback is because that's at least fun and it's a little more kind of lighthearted as opposed to a, a two-hand touch game where nobody's trying and there's a collective 10 turnovers. Yeah. Well, they, right. well, they back in the day, if you watch, you know, on ESPN, they used to have like the quarterback skills competition where, you know, they would hit the moving bullseyes. That, 
I used to love that stuff, but I don't know about you guys, but I thought it was amazing. Just, you know, yeah. hitting the targets and just all, all that old school stuff that they should bring back. Why well, not? Well, even in the NHL All-Star Game and the NBA All-Star Game, let's face it, there's no defense whatsoever in either of those All-Star Games. But the, the fact that, you know, the NFL NFL All-Star Game, Pro Bowl, there's no defense at all, but it's more shown in the NFL game because that's what it, everything is based on, hitting, preventing from scoring, where in NBA and, and the NHL, fans want to see the scoring and whatnot, and see the stars score and slam dunk and whatever else. The NFL Pro Bowl game, All-Star game, is predicated on the hitting. People want to see hitting and interceptions and whatnot, so there's, there's hardly any of that going on in the NFL Pro Bowl All-Star game. No, I mean, everybody wants to see offense anyway in all the leagues. You know, in base, you know, the all-star game in baseball, it's the long ball and you know, everything else. They want to see everybody either dunk in the NBA, they want to run the score up in football. I mean, it's, it's what it just seems like sports is pretty much predicated on now. Well, that's why, that's why, that's why I think the ultimate. Uh, baseball all-star game is the best all-star best all-star game that's out there because it's not predicated on individual or hitting or whatever else. It's there. It's pitcher versus batter. Hit the ball, and then the defense need to catch needs to catch it or whatever else like that. So that's why I think, in my opinion, Major but, League Baseball all-star game is the better, the best of the all-star games. Thing hey, is, though. Hey, David. I actually have a. I'll, I'll have a question for you with this. We again, we're talking about all-star games here. I mean. MLB had a great thing. I felt like with the incentive of having home field advantage, obviously it didn't, uh, you know, affect everybody with the home field advantage, but I thought that made the all-star game more meaningful. Do you think, I mean, obviously with the NFL, you know, you can't really have a, much of a home field advantage with it being a neutral site game, but I mean, maybe having some sort of an incentive or something like, like, is there anything that any of these all-star games outside of, you know, maybe like what the MLB did with the, you know, kind of, you know, whoever wins has home field advantage win the World Series. Is there some way to have like an incentive or something for these All Star games when the NF or with the NFL, NHL, NBA? Yeah, Dylan, that's a really good point, and I can't say I have an idea off the top of my head, but like the, the MLB All Star game, there was certainly a sense of pride once upon a time where the NL yep. wanted to beat the AL and vice versa. And I think you look at the Pro Bowl, the All Star game. Um, you know, the NBA All-Star Game, some of these other leagues, there, there's very little pride. Nobody cares. They're just going there for fun. Um, you know, I think some of the events are still cool, like the dunk contest in the NBA, the three-point contest. These are really good. But finding a way to incentivize the, the big game, the big All-Star Game, the big Pro Bowl game, whatever the case is, so that there is an element of pride toward where it's the one conference actually wants to beat the other conference. Dylan, I, I think that's a really good point. Um, go go throw it at Goodell and, and see what he says, because uh, I, I'm amazed no one's come up with a, a solution there after yeah. decades of football. Isn't, isn't it, isn't it impossible though to incentivize the pro bowl because the super bowl, the super bowl game per, per se is, is already scheduled like five, 10 years down the road. <laughs> yeah. It, it would certainly have to be non home field related because you're right. You know, that these, the arenas are, are bidding mass amounts for, for the rights to the Super Bowl, but but something, some sort of incentive. I don't know what the incentive is right now. We'll all have to come together and brainstorm at some point, but something just to add a little bit of pride towards the game to where to where people actually play defense. No, that's true. And I to me, it's just it's become an absolute joke. I didn't first of all, I and and I've said this to Dylan beforehand too. I didn't like where I tuned away from the all-star game was when they decided to make it like whoever wins, wins home field advantage. I, I like the old fashioned way, the way it was before the way it is right now is that the team with the better records, obviously are the ones going to decide who's going to play, you know, at home, because to me, it was, it was, it was the same silly nonsense. When it comes to the all-star game, I like everything that leads up to it. And it's the same way. I think the all-star game, you can also make that fun. I mean, at this point, if major league baseball continues this lockout, they wouldn't have to worry about people showing up at the all-star game because it's already become abysmal door. People are talking about that the games are too long. They need to do something about it. They were supposed to add that 20-second clock. That never was added in there. So there's still time. They end up putting in between pitchers and between pitching warm-ups. So to me, there's there's so many adjustments, both on the NFL side 
And obviously on, on the Major League Baseball side, it needs to be done. I know a couple of comments that were up there as well as far as when it came to Alvin Kamara. And it's kind of funny how nothing's been mentioned since uh, the weekend about when it comes to Alvin Kamara. But, you know, once again, these guys, it, I don't know what it is with this offseason in the NFL. Unfortunately, with the NFL offseason, it seems like we've already gotten, what, eight to nine players already in hot water. And, and the offseason not even here yet because we still have to get through Super Bowl Sunday. So I don't understand exactly what the deal is with some of these NFL players, but I don't think some of these guys know how good they have it versus the regular man who's out here and woman for that matter, you know, to, to make barely ends meet and you were gifted with the talent to go out there and play and you do the dumbest, silliest things to make your career either put on hold or you get put on notice. And if anybody happened to watch, by the way, that, that uh, Aaron Hernandez um, or what was it there on Netflix, that whole situation, that saga, that was sinful what happened there, but eventually his family, I guess, donated his brain to uh, CT to see exactly what's going on over there. So these guys, I, I don't, I really don't understand how in the world do you screw up so bad? I mean, you already have all the light and all the attention you want during the season, but then you go to an event that's supposed to be a fun weekend and you get yourself into hot, you know, into hot water, especially down there in Vegas where they take things serious. It's it's not like there's other place where you go to when the law, when you get, caught up in Vegas. You can get caught up in Vegas really bad, so we'll see what happens with Alvin Kamara. Um, Sean comes back here, which says, from Jason Kelsey, this would have been awesome. One of the biggest regrets I have, and we talked about this as a team. After Super Bowl, you can't be mad, right? It's awesome. You're at the Super Bowl party. You're celebrating with your friends and teammates, friends and family. I really wish after the Super Bowl, we would have a jet ready to go. Got on that thing and gotten right back on the broad street. I think that that would have been just spectacular to celebrate that way. Seeing those pictures, and he'll probably finish up his comment later on. Uh, but as far as when it comes down to, obviously, the four years ago, uh, the celebration that we had in Philadelphia was massive. Um, I hope to do it again in my lifetime. Like I said, it was so much fun, and I'm glad that I was home for that before I moved down here to Tampa. And then ever since moving down here to Tampa, it seems like all the championships came up this way or down this way. So we'll see uh, what's going to happen with Tampa Bay because there's going to be a lot of talk. And speaking of Kyler Murray, apparently now uh, Vegas, I think put five to one odds that he would end up in Tampa as their starting quarterback. I don't see it. I don't think Arizona lets him go, but the way Kyler Murray is hailing himself, I think to me is pretty much childish because he took away everything from Arizona. Uh, took away social media, pretty much didn't want to be disturbed by his own teammates. He reached out to him over the weekend. So is the immaturity factor kicking in, David, for one Kyler Murray? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's tough to tell because players do weird things on Instagram and social media. Like, nobody really knows what the root cause is there. I think with Arizona, they certainly have to change something. Um, you know, they've, they've run a few years with this with this head coach GM quarterback trio, and I think at some point you have, you have to make a change. And if they want to move off Kyler Murray, by all means, put him on the trade market. You'll certainly get at least a first-round pick back in – you know, back in return, I think Cliff Kingsbury firing him and moving forward with a different coach would make more sense to me. Granted, the head coaching cycle is complete. All the good candidates have been scooped up. So to me, it looks like they're running it back, which maybe is what Kyler is, is upset about. Um, you know, I don't know if the team is going to make a drastic decision one way or the other, but it's certainly a situation that could, could boil into next season if, if all three parties, the GM, head coach, and quarterback, aren't on the same page in Arizona. Hey, Dave. Oh, sorry, Fuji. I just have a quick question for you, David. Uh, obviously, Sunday, it's a big day. Super Bowl Sunday. Obviously, we got the Bengals and the Rams. I got to ask you, with Burrow coming off that big injury last year, a lot of people didn't expect him maybe even to play until middle of the season this year. He came back early. Is Burrow comeback player of the year? I mean, what an incredible season he had. I know he had a great season to start off last year, but to come back from an injury and lead your team to the Super Bowl, I mean, how can you not be comeback player of the year for the NFL? Yeah, I think I think that'd be a pretty safe bet at this point. Um, he's been spectacular coming off an ACL tear. And really, this is his first full season starting in the NFL, like yeah. spectacular stuff. Um, you know, if he goes ahead and, and wins the Super Bowl, you know, you might as well print the award for him right there and then. But yeah, really special stuff from him. I see no reason why he wouldn't win comeback player of the year. There's no one else really close to that conversation. Dak Prescott might get a little bit of consideration. But again, Joe Burrow, much, much better season. Dave, as far as the Super Bowl, who are you liking this week? 
Um, I'm going with Cincy. Um, granted, I didn't pick them to make the Super Bowl. I had I had Tampa Bay. Uh, Kansas City was was my prediction heading into the uh, into the postseason. But uh, I, I think you look at the Bengals. You look at what what Burrow's doing. They have they have a little bit of like Eagles 2017 magic going to them. So uh, they're certainly riding hot. I think Burrow's the better quarterback than Stafford. Um, I think Jamar Chase is 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 a complete maniac on the football field. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm going with the with the red hot Bengals on this one. I think so as one. I think Jerry Burrow and, and I, I originally when Dave, when I mentioned this last week, when and I mentioned as Jerry Burrow 2.0, I mean that it, I'd hope that the success and everything else would happen with Johnny Menzel when do the same thing with Burrow. I'm oh, hoping man. that he stays humble the way he's been. I know he's been getting a lot of talk this week and all about his swag and everything else. I just hope he stays humble, even if he wins the Super Bowl, because at this point, it's just getting a lot, a lot of press that sometimes uh, changes the outcome of, of the game. So I'm I'm hoping to see exactly what's going to happen here for the Super Bowl this Sunday. But uh, the one final thing, I guess, with Gannon now going back to Philly, is it good for the Eagles to be looking at Gannon being the defensive coordinator once again, or it should be another route that the Eagles are looking for? Because Gannon, to me, it seems like, as I called in down to uh, Sports Talk 790 on the end of the trenches, um, to me, Gannon was not the right hire for the head coaching staff when it comes down to Houston Texans. And to me, he really also should not be a defensive coordinator for the, for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So I'd like to get your your thought here, Dave, on on uh, as far as on Gannon. Yeah, and, and a lot of people share that, that sentiment, Angel, about how he was kind of underwhelming his first year in Philadelphia. Um, you know, the defense, especially against good quarterbacks, wasn't impressive. I mean, that, that final game, that final game in Tampa Bay was, was frankly embarrassing. With that said, I do think ultimately it's a good thing. I want to see what Gannon does in year two. I want to see what he does with a better defensive line, with better linebackers, assuming the Eagles are going to improve the defenses offseason through the draft and through free agency. Um, you know, I think it's worth noting that several teams interviewed Gannon for their head coach position this offseason. And, and if everyone around the NFL loves him that much, Clearly, he's doing something right. Um, you know, do I think he's a better defensive coordinator than a Vic Fangio or Brian Flores or, or any of the the candidates out there right now? Absolutely not. But I think having a a level of contingency, a level of a consistency with the defense, letting these younger guys like a Josh Sweat, for example, like an Avante Maddox, kind of learn one system for the meantime. I do think that's important. Yep. I know today the Giants signed a. Wink Martindale to be their defensive coordinator who was with the Ravens for a long time. So, you know, he had some nice defenses down in Baltimore with the Ravens. So I think that was a good pickoff for the Giants anyway. I was I was surprised I was surprised that the Ravens let him go. I know they fired him about a week and a half ago and you know, there's a couple teams out there were looking at him, but I guess, you know, the Giants swooped right in and picked them up. So kudos to them. I mean, Wink Martindale being one of the better defensive coordinators in the game of football. Yeah, the Ravens defense has always been good, except for this past year where the, their past defense wasn't necessarily that great. But I, I found it I was surprised that they let him go. Yeah. Hey, hey, David, I got a question real quick. More of a lighthearted question here. Being an Orlando Magic fan, what are the chances that we're going to win the NBA championship in 2022? Or is Cole Anthony winning the dunk contest this year more likely to happen? Uh, probably Cole Anthony winning the dunk contest. I, I think with that said, Orlando was doing some sneaky nice things last offseason. They got railed by the injury bug. Um, so I'm not all the way out on Orlando, but I don't think I don't think 2022 is going to be their year. Yeah. Fair yep. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't think so either, but listen, uh, Dave, thank you again for coming on tonight. We don't want to keep you any longer because we know you have a lot of work coming up here with the NFL, especially with it being Super Bowl week for you guys, the media week. So we do appreciate you coming back on with us. It's good to see you. Obviously, the last time we saw you were in Philly, now being out here in Texas. So we appreciate everything you've done. Uh, also, Thanks, for your, so your work with the, uh, with the Philly as far as the podcast, and I want everyone to know exactly how they can find you and your great content. Yeah, first and foremost, again, fellas, thanks so much for bringing me on. Dylan, uh, Chipper, it was great to meet you guys. I absolutely love the new setup of the show. You guys are doing fantastic. Uh, regarding the Philly podcast, uh, it's going to be at Bullpen Blues Pod on Twitter. 
If you head to the Twitter page, I'll have all the links to the Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify there. Uh, we are recording a new episode this upcoming Saturday, so definitely uh, tune in if you're starving for some baseball content. Yeah, listen, we appreciate it. I, I, of course, I started listening because I'm subscribed, so every time you drop a new episode, I get a notification for it. So I still listen to it. Listen, I, I read, I listen, even though I may not reach out a whole bunch, but I still pay attention to what's going on because we never forget the folks that have been on with us to help us to be successful. So we do appreciate it. So for everyone else, we will see everyone on Thursday. I see one more comment coming in before we start talking about our sponsors here at the end of the show. Uh, Rick says, Giants better, uh, better than the Eagles. I guess the dispensary is open for business. Yeah, well, that's because Joey B there. He's got to chime in with his uh, with his Giants. So, but listen, thanks to everyone who tuned in tonight. Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsors because without them, well, we don't have our show. So thank you first and foremost out there at Tampa Joe's at 9316 Anderson Road in beautiful Tampa, Florida. A hop's giving a jump from the airport. So if you guys are flying in for any event down here in Tampa, including possibly, hopefully, spring training season, Stop by Tampa Joe's and look at their menu at tampajoes.com. View all the specials they may have so you can find out exactly what to get before you arrive down there. And uh, PJ uh, and the other folks that are down there, along with my good win, Ron, the GM, or Rob, excuse me, not Ron. Uh, thanks for everything, what you do down there. We do greatly appreciate it. Along with our friendly guy that we dear and hope to do the best with, with lgdirect.net. Larry Gilman taking care of business with the Larry Gilman uh, here studios down in, in Tampa. He's also, you can reach out to him in Philly. Also down here in Tampa, you guys can see the toll-free number up there at 855-777-3863. 855-777-3863. For all your business sales solution needs, go to lgdirect.net. Also a special mention here to our special media partner, Big Sarge, check out BigSargeSports.com, and that's with a Z, Big Sarge Sports Talk. You guys can listen into the question he had today for the newest head coach for the Houston Texans, along with all the great content that he has. And again, it's all through BroadStreetSouth.com, BroadSTSouth.com, also with Chipper over at Steel City Renegades. We do appreciate the guys always coming on. Chipper, the gang, you can hear him during the regular season on Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. And it's always a great time over there. So thanks for coming on again with phillysportstrips.com. Vince Rizzuto, president and CEO of Philly Sports Trips. You guys are looking to travel out anywhere for a basketball, baseball, now a golf event, and obviously football is over. But when football comes back, always reach out to phillysportstrips.com. And if I didn't miss anyone else, hopefully that's the last person I talk about. Also, thank you to Eagles Mania for always sharing our content out there. We are the official podcast for Eagles Mania. You guys can reach out to them on Facebook again on BroadStreetSouth.com. And let's not forget also with Caesars Entertainment here through Super Draft Pro, our strategic partnership with them. So everyone, please look out on BroadStreetSouth.com. Take a look on the click on the link on the top right-hand corner. You can sign up for free. You can pick an elite package that's over there. And you just have fun, as I've been doing for the past couple of nights here, trying it out to make sure that everything works out perfectly the way it's supposed to. So, uh, again, lots going on. We'll have on Thursday night a former Sixers player in Fuji, if you want to mention exactly who we have on Thursday night. Jumaine Jones will be coming on, talking some post-trade talk on Thursday. Everybody tune in, dive into some Sixers talk. Jumaine Jones and everybody tune in. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. You know, Dave, thank you for coming on. Chipper, Dylan, I know it's been a while. I know you've been sulking in that uh, Tampa Bay Bucks <laughs> sorrows and all that good stuff. That's right. So, for Thanks, guys. Chipper. Appreciate you having me on again. Dave, nice meeting you. Dylan, nice meeting you. No problem. So, for Chipper. For Dylan, Fuji, and for my beautiful producer over there in Studio B, Debbie in the next room, we thank everyone for tuning in. I do see one quick comment coming in at the very end. Sean, thank you so much. Uh, along Thanks with for tuning Joey in, Sean, B. as always. Yep, for Joey tuning in, we do appreciate it. Uh, we will see everyone Thursday night at 8 p.m. Everyone have a great night. <laughs>